Hello and welcome back to the Real Talks Robin podcast with me, your host, Robin. I am an online fitness professional and I help women change their lives and build confidence through realistic exercise and nutrition. My goal for this podcast is to share my experience of years of toxic dieting, which led me to have a terrible relationship with food and poor body image. But by overcoming this, I want to help you through my story without all the nonsense of the fitness industry. If you'd like me to cover anything specifically or simply just share your feedback with me, feel free to reach out via my social media pages at Robin Drummond Fitness. But for now, let's dive into today's episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to episode six of Real Talk with Robin. Hi, hi. I hope that you guys are having a good day or about to have a fabulous day and have had a lovely week. So last week I touched on quite a few things and I spoke about the kind of story so far in my my own journey to to really becoming a PT and why I got into it and then you know I touched briefly on a few other bits and pieces in my life that I never really delved into deeper which I then went away and thought about what was more important for me to cover today and the title of today's podcast is a little bit like not 100% true because I don't like the word failure, but today I'm going to talk about my biggest lessons from failing. And there was one really big significant event in my life that I failed that was pretty horrible. It led me to a few things and I really feel that it's a little piece of the jigsaw that I want to pop in today and to share with you what was quite an emotional traumatic experience that led me to a really positive outcome and the lessons that I have learned from failing and it's okay to fail and I think that's why you know sharing this today hopefully will help you because I think a lot of the time people don't want to start something because they are they're already concerned about failing the thing before they've even started the thing and that's why they don't even start so I think if you take the risk of failure out the equation if that's ever a barrier for you honestly like the biggest lessons I have learned from these events in my life um, and it's the thing is the thing that you fail might lead you to a path that you didn't even know existed so you never really fail. So my biggest failure, <laughs> I hate the word failure. I, I failed uni. Yes, I failed uni and it was absolutely horrendous. So let me take you back to when I actually applied for uni. In fact, let me take you right back. <laughs> I left school with no hires I think no they're not called hires anymore I think they're called I was gonna say old grades oh my god that's like going back to like my mum's era <laughs> what are they called anyway nat fives and hires Robin of course they're still called hires so going back to school I 
was a bit of a rogue child. And let me just share it all with you. I'm going to overshare my life. I went to school in Glasgow. I am from Glasgow. I think I've said that. Surely I can't have got to episode six without sharing that information. And I lived in Glasgow till I was 16. So 2012, I moved over to Fife. And I was an absolute rogue child. I... <laughs> a lot of this goes into my ADHD story, which today's episode will end nicely on introducing you to that. Basically how I got into the pathway to that diagnosis. So we're really going to cover literally everything from this point in my life, from being a road child to having no formal education at all, to gaining formal education, to failing uni, to going to therapy, and then to my ADHD journey. So I was mad. I was that kid that rebelled so hard like you wouldn't even believe. So when I was like 15, my priority in life was really around hanging at the woods during break at school, smoking fags, like buying fags. I can't believe I used pay pound for fag, like ridiculous. Um, I was too concerned with like hanging out with people that were older than me. When people talk about getting in with the wrong crowd, I had definitely done that. I had gone down a path surrounding myself with people that were not going to serve me greatly in life. And since the age of five, I had actually started fencing. And I was a very fit, like, young person. I did fencing for years. I actually gained very good rankings in Scotland for fencing and I was doing it very, very well. And the, the, the difficulty is when you are put into sport as a very young person without you consciously making that decision to have entered that sport, when you kind of get to an age where you now have that choice, it's very challenging. But fencing was a sport that taught me discipline. And discipline's a great conversation. We'll talk about that when we talk about motivation. But I was a very fit young person. I did sport all the time. I was running often. And then I hit a really funny point in my life where I was just, I don't even know like what I would have called it, but maybe I was just a bit confused, going down the wrong path in life, hanging around with the wrong people. Um, I actually ended up having a really bad knee injury from probably from fencing and from running excessively. Um, I ended up having a knee operation at a young age. I was always in pain. And I think that's when I started to kind of slowly dip out the sport and also became very interested in everything else that wasn't fitness and sport and just wanted to completely rebel against that. So I never was there in school. I skipped school, <laughs> like would forge letters to pretend that I was absent when I was quite frankly not. And, you know, I was like just hanging around with people, as I say, that were not good for me. And that's how my high school went. 
I was lucky enough to get moved um, across the other side of the country. Thank goodness we moved. Honestly, one of the best things that has ever happened is we moved. I, at that point in my life, had a boyfriend who I've spoke about publicly before and I will talk about it another time. That that experience, that full year of my life is what probably shaped me into the person that I am today because it was a horrific experience and I went through a really, really tough time with that. But again, we will dive, we will dive deeper into that at a later date. So at that point, I left with no qualifications. And then when we moved over to Fife, my mum had decided to put us into Kinross High School. Kinross is a very lovely school. And it was a very difficult time to move. Like nobody, nobody wants to move into sixth year because the the people in sixth year have already established really good relationships, obviously, all their life. Like that is probably, you know, the, the people that they are in that year with, they have grown up with. So, you know, not only have I moved across the other side of the country, I have now moved into a year that everybody's ready friends. I have no idea who anybody is, but you know, I went in and I chose five hires. <laughs> Safe to say I never completed them. However, one of the biggest reasons actually, which makes sense quite a lot to me, is that in Kinross, I actually wanted to drop a hire and I wasn't allowed to. You had to do them all or not at all. So I was like, okay, I'm Oskies. And the thing is with me is that, like, if I've already decided I'm doing something, I'm doing it. So for me, I was like, that's me finished. I'm done with school. And so I was allowed to do that. And away I went. And I left school with absolutely no qualifications in the slightest. I actually left and I went to work at McDonald's. And it was the, one of the best jobs I probably, well, other than RDF, obviously, um, McDonald's was great fun. Absolutely brilliant. I, I feel so bad that society still judges people transitioning into McDonald's as a young person because actually it taught me amazing skills, absolutely amazing skills. So anyway, we went zero. And that's when, you know, we spoke about before, I had just thought that, you know, you had to just go and do something. I went to college just to do something. And that's what, that's what led me to do business and account, accountancy. And I, I joke and say, you know, if only I'd, if only I'd stuck it out, because now <laughs> running a business, it would have been very, very helpful if I'd listened. So, you know, obviously I dipped in and out of college. And then when I stepped into the fitness world, I had discovered the Open University only because one of my colleagues was doing it. And I was a bit like, what do you mean Scottish government will pay you to do, or not pay you, but they will give you funding? And away I went, I applied for it. Never thought that I would get it. So away I went and I did the Open University for three years and I passed it. I got a degree, I got a bachelor's degree. Who would have thought we Robin, smoking fags, paying a pound down the woods would have a bachelor's degree with a 2-1. Yes, that was me. Couldn't believe it myself. Don't think anyone else could either. <laughs> but I gave it my full attention and I did really well. And interestingly, it's because it was on my own terms, which sounds really silly, but 
it makes sense. And the Open Uni was the best way of learning for me. So, you know, I was so, so delighted to get that. And that degree was brilliant. The stuff I learned was amazing. It was at my own pace. So, you know, shout out to Open Uni because they're amazing. And actually, I'm still very well connected to one of the tutors who is fantastic. I've met really wonderful people through the Open Uni too. So 100% highly recommend if anyone wants to distance learn, totally go down that route. And if you've never done a degree before, yes, Scottish Government will give you funding. So you can do it for free. It's amazing. So, you know, I haven't completely failed at everything up until that point. Done not too bad. And then it wasn't obviously until I had kind of really embarked in the NHS and dipped my toes into physio that I was like, in fact, that's not 100% true. I remember in 2017, I had actually emailed, wasn't Napier, it's another uni, about like doing physio and I remember being told oh you know you don't have the qualifications you'll need to go to college and do like higher maths etc etc so I'd actually always thought about doing physio but never thought that in a dream world like I could do it so you know I got this bachelor's degree I'd literally had nothing else like nothing else just just this one degree and I applied for my master's degree and I was like, who do I even think I am applying for a master's? <laughs> and then I got an interview. There was 350 applicants and there was 20 spaces and I got an interview and I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe that I was being interviewed for this. And um, anyway, away I went and got into uni again. And what's really funny is I think like deep down, I would probably pretend that like society doesn't treat you a certain way because you don't have certain education. And I think like deep down, like surface level, I could probably say, oh, it doesn't bother me. I didn't have this, I didn't have this. And it's like, I'm not saying I went to uni because I wanted to have qualifications for that external validation, but a small portion of that is true because it's very like you almost want people to take you very seriously and coming out with just like a level three um, personal trainer qualification is obviously fantastic but I really wanted people to be like respect me as like a PT as a coach and yeah got into uni couldn't believe it that was at the start of 2021, mid-pandemic. <laughs> the worst time to do a uni course. Now, uni, for me, was a completely different experience. I think partly because, um, first of all, it was mid-pandemic. And second of all, this is when it highlighted to me that there was something something not quite right the whole something wasn't right stems back a few years prior to that but I never really acted upon it just was like yeah yeah I'm me people would like you just live in your own wee world Robinson cloud nine all the time anyway went to uni and it was absolutely an incredible experience and also a very expensive failure I might just add because you actually have to pay for your master's degree 
So the first few months were absolutely amazing. I learned a lot. The hardest thing about it was we had to do it from home. And my concentration span on things that aren't like my bread and butter are hard. So you're having to learn a practical profession over like Zoom, basically. It wasn't Zoom, still a video communication platform. It's a hands-on profession and you're having to learn this via computer. That is very, very challenging. And also, I think because so many people didn't know what was happening, it created massive confusion. But we were able to see each other once a week and we were able to engage with each other, which was brilliant and obviously a very, very positive experience. And I really thoroughly loved it. Did I feel that I fit, fit in very well? Not particularly. And that's what I found really challenging is like there was only 20 people in the class and it just reminds me back to like in school I feel really like I don't know it's quite it's quite a lonely feeling um when I was in school it was a whole like typically being bullied being the odd one out and then when I went into high school in Kinross like that was different that was different because of the situation but because of that situation I was then the odd one out I was a new person like it's just not a nice feeling and then I kind of felt very similar when I went to uni only because like where I was in life was a completely different stage for a lot of people and a lot of people were a lot younger than me and I've never really felt old I'm not old I'm 27 but a lot of people were like a lot younger and just just bizarrely just felt a little bit out of place but hey it was fine and then that's when placement one arrived and it was probably one of the worst experiences of my whole life it led me to therapy it was that horrendous now people would share their experiences with going to uni and the connection to uni with mental health. Now, I actually never really thought like oh, I would be somebody that had the same similar story. And I did not realize, or I probably didn't realize how much it really could have impacted me. And it was horrendous. So with the story that I'm obviously going to share, like there's obviously no names, um it's my experience you know there's no there's no bad in it I just had a very very terrible time and one of the hardest things is I think that if I had had my ADHD diagnosis prior to attending like it would have been completely different but there's a couple truths that I'm going to share with you that I have never shared before and one of the hardest things was my placement was in Fife with NHS and basically I had obviously started RDF in 2020 so by this point it had already been established for a year and a half and you know I'm very grateful that 
RDF was on social media, RDF is quite out there, like quite a lot of people in Fife were doing it, you know, people were chatting about it and it was amazing. But this is one of the first times that RDF ever kind of was used against me, like in the weirdest thing, like in the weirdest way. And when I say used against me, is that we had to submit a CV prior to attending our placement. So I did. And I don't actually think I've ever shared this story before. So here we go. So everybody had to submit a CV. So, you know, obviously I wrote about RDF, like that's my job. Like that's exactly what, that's the only thing I was doing in my life at that point. I'd obviously left the NHS from physio assistant to do this. So unfortunately, when I had started uni, Sorry, sorry, when I started the placement, there was a lot of references to the business. That's what it was called, the business. That's what people kept referring to it as. About, like, oh, your business is becoming a conflict. Um, are, you, are you this stressed in your own business? Are you this anxious in your own business? Um, conversations behind my back to other students about my business but I've never referred to it as my business like I actually never really say I have a business <laughs> like I never ever say that I just feel like I have this wonderful hobby that I get to do every single day and it's wonderful so like I never ever refer to it as that so early on in placement I'd had quite a negative experience already and and that was very very challenging again I remember turning up to placement and like sitting in the kind of staff area and nobody would really ever ask me like you know who I was what I got up to um you know it was just bizarre maybe maybe more students experience this I don't know but I was just like the student in the corner and everybody would have like a conversation over you and there was one day I was sitting in the staff kind of area and I remember a person had turned around to another person and said, hey, would you like a cup of tea to the other person? And totally disregarded that I was in the room. And <laughs> I think the more that these things had occurred, the, my confidence had really, really dropped. Placement was wonderful in the respect that I got to work with patients. I got to like learn so much about different injuries, medical conditions and working in, with and helping others. But the more the placement went on, the more my confidence was really impacted. I had a situation where I was spoken about behind my back where the individual actually hadn't realised that I was sitting using the computer um, behind the curtain and you know chose to speak about me and my performance to other members of staff it was a jokey way you know they were laughing and like if anyone has ever been laughed at it's like really awful and I remember that happening and it was just really it was just really brutal placement then became like this experience that when my alarm went off in the morning you know first 
the first wee while it was more like a bit like oh, I don't want to get up today can't be bothered that type of thing I had totally lost the passion to want to go and then the first time I knew there was a problem with my own mental well-being was honestly when I was driving to placement and I wish someone would just hit my car because I couldn't think of anything worse than going to have to endure this experience for another day and when when I have worked with other professionals I feel like when they teach you you know they're very like I've worked with great leaders people that really bring you up compliment you teach you like like help you learn but when I was going through that I felt like I was being very much put on the spot and almost being set up not to fail but being set up to do things that were completely unachievable so the further the weeks went on the harder life got and I remember like this is so bad I swear I ate McDonald's breakfast every single day and I remember sharing that on Facebook once I would just eat McDonald's all the time because I had no time or I didn't want to make breakfast the thought of going to McDonald's for breakfast now I think I've scarred myself for life I would honestly just eat breakfast from McDonald's every day and I just I just lost the will to care about anything which was obviously very hard because you know I'm still doing or working with RDF at the same time like we've got so many incredible members that is my like my pride and joy and when you're coming home every day absolutely rinsed of your energy it was just so so challenging and that's what that's what I was explaining like I was having the business and I say business like in quotation marks because <laughs> I never refer to RDF as like oh I've got business but it was like my business was becoming a conflict and it's because I had to work at night time like a lot of other students around me did not have to work at all I had to work I wanted to work I loved my work so at night time I was coming home and I had to work so anyway it was a very very challenging experience and I think what's most challenging is I did actually speak to uni at week four and I said there's a problem I couldn't do it my emotions were everywhere I was crying all the time I was crying every day crying at home last week or in fact no this was the ADHD post I remember one night poor Leo Leo is my cat like God love him he's amazing but at this point he was a kitten so he wanted just he wanted just to play and again I think I share a lot of stories that maybe <laughs> make me sound like like I'm totally I'm fine by the way <laughs> um but at this point in my life I was not fine but I didn't know I wasn't fine and a few of these things obviously indicated that things weren't okay another one of these where I had to come home and film obviously film my workouts but I also wanted to exercise because I enjoyed it so poor Leo had come in the room and he decided to jump and attack my arm because you know he was playing with me but that was mid-workout and already I was so overwhelmed and stressed and then that was it I just burst into this big pile of 
hysterics. I have never screamed so loud in my life. And I just screamed and screamed and screamed. And I lay on the floor and I was absolutely in hysterical tears. And I couldn't stop crying. And it was absolutely awful. And anyway, and and that was and that was that. And I, and all these little things just kept adding up and adding up. I'm trying to think when the last a last day was. I had a review, and I was pretty much warned that if things didn't improve, I was going to fail my placement. And I just I find it fascinating that. The person that I feel that I am would have helped somebody. I would have done anything in my power to have helped somebody to try my best to help them pass. But I knew at that point that I was not going to get past the rest of this placement. And I think by week six, I'd failed it. But at that point, things were still okay and I very much still had the opportunity to stay in uni. I had two more exams that I had to pass at the end of the year and one of them was my dissertation preparation and then another one was my speaking exam and it's so hard because I actually retain so much information. But see, when I'm put under so much pressure, it's like my brain just goes, I'm not going to help you today. <laughs> so anyway, did my two exams and new year passed. You know, thankfully they said, like, we're not going to give you the results to after kind of Christmas and New Year, thankfully. And I remember the day that it came into my emails that I'd failed. I'd not only failed, like I'd actually failed uni. And I actually was so mortified that I didn't tell anyone for a day, like a full day, 24 hours. I was like walking around. I hadn't even, I hadn't told Liam, I hadn't, to, I hadn't told anybody because I was so ashamed, like of what had just happened. I couldn't believe it. And I just was like, it's almost when you don't think something's real and like I just was like oh it's, it's a joke I don't know it just hadn't sunk in and I just remember my heart was like if anyone's heart has ever beat so fast that you can actually hear it that that hasn't happened to me very often but that was one of those times I was like I actually could hear my own heart and it was actually um yeah, it was, it was awful. And I remember, I think we were walking around Asda and I'd, it was only like an hour ago that I'd just found out. And I, and I just, it was the most bizarre, the most bizarre feeling ever. And unfortunately, that's how, that's how my um, uni course came to an end. And I remember being in the gym with, my best friend Lindsay who I'll probably always talk about and she turned around to me and basically said you need help you need to go and see somebody at this point in my life 
like I was going to football games, right? This is how bad my kind of mental health had got. And this was only last January. I'm like, no, this was only this January. Yeah, this was only this January, 2022. 10 months ago, this is how bad my mental health had got. So intrusive thoughts were just out in full force. I would go to a football game and I would analyse the stadium to make sure that I could find the quickest exit possible because I thought something would happen to me before I'd even gone. That's the first example I can think of, but these, these thoughts would happen all the time. And I never thought that I'd ever have to really go to therapy at 26, you know? On the outside, it looked like I'd kind of got my life together, like I'd, you know, wow, like, you know, you're doing so well, you're doing so well. And I think that's what's scary about social media is that like, people can really portray this really positive like outside and they look like they're having a really good time or they look like they're doing really well and I think that's why I've always agreed to be really transparent and completely upfront about absolutely everything that happens because it is a hundred percent not sunshine and rainbows every day um so yeah I couldn't believe it but anyway I went I went and I decided to go to therapy and it was actually one of the best things I ever did. Therapy was something I'd actually probably avoided for a long time in my life. I actually went to get help at 18. But sometimes in life, you're just not ready to accept a message. The message is there, but we just aren't ready to take it. And therapy, like going to therapy was definitely one of them. When I had gone, it's very hard to connect with the individual. I had a really scary experience at 18. And what was, in fact, I'll briefly, I'll kind of skim over the terminology. But I'd had basically a bit of a hyperventilation episode that made me really panic I was in a concert and I couldn't find anybody and it was really horrible like and I'd only had a couple drinks this is the thing like I'd only had a couple drinks and I remember this night so vividly but I couldn't find anybody you know you know what happens if you're maybe in a busy environment club bar party concert it's heaving so I couldn't find anybody and rather than calmly trying to assess the situation, I went into this really, really bizarre state of hyperventilation. Never experienced this in my life at all at this point. And a real panic attack, but it was quite a serious panic attack because it actually was classed as a, a like a PTSD episode. Not that I had PTSD at that point in my life, but it was classed as a PTSD episode. So what had been a familiar thought maybe from the past had come through in that way and that's where the behavior then came from fast forward to going to therapy at 26. i probably should have listened to 18 but i just wasn't there until this point and a lot of again a lot of people don't know this but actually um 
it was suggested that I actually have complex PTSD from childhood trauma. And when I talk about childhood trauma, I talk about things like a bad experience when I was 16 with being with a partner. An experience that I have been open about before, but we'll talk about, you know, again in the future. And I was like, how have I just had, like, how am I here sitting here having this conversation when I just thought I'd had a bad time at uni that really impacted my mental health? And then all of a sudden, all this stuff's coming out about, you know, my childhood and all these different terminologies, all these acronyms, like, what does this mean? What does this mean? And it's only like, you know, at literally appointment two and this is all happening. And then... But a lot of it was like a massive relief that somebody sat there and understood me. And I can absolutely confirm it was the best thing I did. And it was the right thing at that right, like it was the right thing at the right time. So this is when my lovely therapist had turned around at appointment two (laughs) and said to me, have you got an ADHD diagnosis? And I went, not an official one but I definitely had diagnosed myself and you know obviously admittingly she said that's quite a forthcoming comment to have just come out with and I just want to just say that having had somebody who was a professional identify that was one of the best things like the the relief that I felt that somebody had understood me was incredible. The emotional dysregulation on uni placement, which I couldn't cope with when under serious amounts of pressure and what felt like interrogation, I could never respond with words. I responded by crying all the time. I couldn't manage overwhelm because I would just get so stressed Again, this is a really, well, it's not odd for me, but the lights within the hospital really impact me. There were like, you know, like LED strip lights, uh, not LED strip lights, but the, oh, the the bar beams. I literally, those lights freaked me out when I was in <laughs> How random. My writing was so slow. I've not gotten a formal like a formal dyslexia diagnosis but there's a crossover between ADHD with my brain moving too quickly and my hand not moving fast enough so that my brain actually thinks that I've wrote something that I've never wrote before and if I look at what I've just wrote I would think that I've wrote something and it not and it's not actually there that's one of the best ways I identified that I had a kind of neurological um, problem was that. That was the biggest thing because I'd be writing stuff on social media and I'd have my mum and my sister being like, Robin, um, there's just like a spelling mistake here and you forgot the and and the it and the is. And I'm like, what? What? The first couple of times was fine. But see, after the 30th time when someone is telling you that your spelling is wrong, it is so annoying. (laughs) But saying that I'm very grateful obviously so I was like pairing all these experiences on uni 
bearing in mind I did reach out at week four and said that something wasn't right there was definitely something I couldn't pinpoint I couldn't read research articles that were 25 pages long couldn't do it I'd be bored I'd have read the first page and that would be it done gone couldn't do it I couldn't write my uni notes that like physio notes you have to write physio notes in 15 minutes after each assessment first of all couldn't write that fast second of all my b's and d's were always around the wrong way and see when they have when you have muscles in your body called adductors and abductors that is a very stressful thing i could not spell adductors and abductors like couldn't spell it couldn't write it and i couldn't recall the information that i'd just seen so i would have just done an assessment and i couldn't put it to words because i couldn't sit there and process that information that fast but i literally had just thought I don't know I'm just stressed and I just couldn't do it so there were so many individual experiences on placement that just went tick box tick box tick box and it was the moment that I'd sat down at you know my appointment my second appointment and she just said that to me and I was just like oh my goodness finally finally someone understands me and that was just such a relief. I don't think people still understand much about ADHD around me. Um, you know, I do know that a lot of people close to me do listen to this podcast. Hi. Um, but I do think there's a lot of education that still needs to be shared. The awareness still needs to be pushed. Um, and as I say, going back a few years ago, I definitely always knew and the, the the thing that really confirmed that, or the first major thing was, the only way I could describe how I felt was that my brain was moving too fast and my hand wasn't moving quick enough. And do you know, weirdly since sharing that, people have come forward and been like, Robin, that is so weird that you said that. That's how I describe it too. So, you know, lots of different experiences. I can't believe we've got to 40 minutes and I actually haven't shared the message of the podcast title. Yes, I decided the podcast title before I'd even done the podcast. <laughs> but let me share with you for the last 10 minutes about failing. And I think as I had started today's episode saying, people are so scared to fail because, well, that's why they don't start something. Well, I'm not going to do it anyway. I'm going to be rubbish at it. I'm going to fail. Failing uni was a very very emotional time in my life. I had really wanted to do physio, but I think having had that placement, and the thing is, there could have been another 50 placements that would have been completely different experiences that would have show, like, shown a light on physio in, in a completely different way. But the environment that I was in was a very popular one that was quite common. And it just confirmed to me that there was absolutely no way that that was the life that I could live and wake up to be surrounded by every single day. That was a massive confirmation for me that that is not a job for me and I could not, could not do it. I want to be involved in people's lives longer than a 30 minute appointment. I wanna be helping people for a long time and, and seeing for, like changes within that individual and being able to keep in touch with people and really having that feeling of satisfaction from someone improving in their life I really wanted to to be part of that and 
what I had experienced was not that. So unfortunately, I think that, yes, Obi at the time was absolutely horrific. What it showed me was that it was not the career for me. It's not to say that I don't go back and explore it in later life. I mean, I don't think 100% I will. Never say never, never say never. But in terms of like the future, I definitely would explore the correlation between exercise and recovering from medical conditions, you know, exercising with medical conditions and working around injuries, that type of thing. So, you know, that type of um, career or that type of education, I'd love to love to know. We rarely ever learn from our successes. We learn from failing. We learn from not doing very well at a certain task. Bear in mind, the word failure is like a horrific word. So let's be serious. I don't really mean like I'm a failure. You're not a failure and I didn't fail. What that gave me was one of the biggest learning experiences probably of my life. It pushed me to seek help that I'd avoided for nine years of my life. It had shown me a direction to the ADHD world that finally it just made sense. So had I not had that experience, would I have gone to therapy and would I have had the ADHD diagnosis at this point in my life? I don't know. But that experience, you know, allowed that to happen next. It obviously shows you what, where you're meant to be and where you're not meant to be in life. And for me, it confirmed that first of all, pursuing RDF was 100% where I was meant to be. And, and really, really, you know, it was still very much developing. And we're only talking of this was 10 months ago. And this was the start of, you know, making things even better. And that was that was in January and when we had those kind of thoughts about you know making RDF bigger better having a better website it was like okay I might have just failed that course but now I have all this time to give to making this even more amazing so completely flipping the narrative on that as well you build this incredible amount of resilience when you don't when you fail and it really does force you to have to just get back up. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> Do you know the, the the quote that Kim Kardashian said? But you just gotta get up and just work your ass off. I felt like I was about to say something that was similar to that, but absolutely not. <laughs> anyway, um, the resilience it taught me was definitely, you know, about never giving up and using the opportunity to learn from it. And this is what I try to tell so many people is that the same lesson that I learned from not passing uni is the same lesson that you can use every kind of hurdle or bump in your journey in that it doesn't end. Like when you say, you're not failing at your journey, I failed a course, that's just the terminology that goes with a qualification that you fail or you pass. But when you don't do fabulous at something, it's not to say that's just the end of the road. It's a pivotal moment that really pushes you to, it, it's almost like it hands you a lesson. And if you choose to take it, you can learn so much from it because it allows you to reflect back on really asking yourself, like, what went wrong? Or what did I do 
that I could do better the next time or what could I have done differently there are things that yes personally that I could have done differently maybe my anatomy and physiology knowledge probably wasn't at master's level but I sure as hell was learning and even that experience of really pushing my anatomy and physiology at master's level now not only benefits us massively when I'm now teaching exercise like it it helps so much I literally I joke about being able to like understand the body inside out now and can see muscles like when people move I know exactly what's happening from joint and muscle level like it's really crazy so you know there's so many positives that come from journeys but also when you are faced with that moment use it as a time to think what did I do that I could do differently like how could I do this better you know what did I do really well it's not always about oh my god I feel like my life is over this is really awful yes I felt like that probably for about seven days also then went to therapy which really 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 helped having someone to talk to I would strongly recommend I know it's not easy to ask for help and actually I wasn't the one to say I need help but having someone actually identify and really kind of encourage me to go do that was really good I can't I can't recommend therapy enough you know I wish everybody would would try to access it um 100% was a very positive time in my life I don't see a therapist anymore that's probably not going to be forever because I really value that someone can see things in a different way especially when you're so caught up and sometimes like your thoughts can be intrusive they like kind of manifest into something that's quite like for me really wild I sometimes live anxiety twice so I often tell myself I I always like I have a bit of like this dialogue with myself for example if I was getting on a plane I I didn't used to hate flying I had a bad experience and sometimes what I like to remind myself of is that if I'm going to be anxious and with anxiety you almost live a scenario in your head before it's even happened and that's the thing with anxiety is that why live it twice (laughs) not when you could live it once like if you're going to have an anxious experience living it twice in your head is just punishment so I have this kind of little routine that I kind of do with myself now that will not cause that second scenario to happen that it's like my brain will make up what something's going to happen or this is going to go wrong and this is how it's going to go wrong so just a complete hypothetical situation oh my goodness the plane the plane's going to crash that's not even funny um but yeah my brain would make up this hypothetical situation so being able to talk to some to somebody about having irrational thoughts um for me was hugely beneficial for someone to sit and identify that um you know that I was neurodivergent was also massively hugely beneficial because that gave me the right pathway and education to get the right help and to help me access more features or software that allows my life to be a little bit like the accessibility has massively improved so I still struggle to read I still struggle to do a lot of things but I now have methods in place that you know really really benefit me so yeah I would always strongly recommend that you know therapy really worked for me 
um, I think it was a very good experience in my life. And yeah, that was my uni experience. Would I go back to uni? Probably not because I'm not really a fan of that environment, if I'm really honest. And it's just, it's just crazy, crazy to think some of the lowest, darkest days was going to uni. So, um, you know, I'm going to end today's podcast there. I appreciate that today's podcast was a little bit deeper and darker and not as, you know, raring and positive as some of the things I talk about, some of the videos I do, some of the podcasts I've done so far. But I have a flow in my head how I want this podcast to go. And the episode 20 that I'm going to do wouldn't make sense without me sharing the first 10. And that's why I am up for bearing all when it comes to these podcasts, because I really want to, I've said it from the beginning, I want to be able to use my experiences to try and help other people. And if I do that along this journey that I'm on, it will make me very happy and very proud. And I know that a few people have often reached out to me and, you know, shared that it's encouraged them to to maybe seek further help or seek more advice. And, you know, it makes me very happy that by being talking about things, uh, by talking about things, it can really help. And I think I just want to serve, um, God, where are my words today? I think I want to just share that reminder that sometimes, like when we see the shiny outside of people's lives um, it's very easy to compare yourself to other people um, I used to do that and be like oh they have such a great life they look really happy you know they must have no problems like that's what life looks like when it's really good it's not true and it's completely false and that's why social media has that ugly side to it is that often people don't share these things so it's one of my missions to continue to be as open. You know, I was a silly 15 year old that got in the mix with the wrong people, <laughs> the wrong guys, the wrong choices. And somehow, which I've no idea how, <laughs> um, managed to turn that around. And thankfully I've got those experiences that I've learned from that have made me the person that I am today. And I think a lot of those experiences from, you know, being 15 up until 18 as well, especially, have really, really made me the, the person that I am today. So I hope this helps one person. I really do. And I appreciate absolutely all the kind words that everybody's been sharing. As always, guys, if you can, I would love if you do, didn't mind to please share on social media if you have listened to today's podcast it's really um today's an important one for me actually and i think i would really appreciate if everybody would possibly share because as i say if it can help someone else then you know my life has been made entirely so please reach out if you have any questions I'm happy to chat about things. I know a lot of you do reach out and ask questions. Some people are a bit like, um, you know, I don't want it to be rude and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put these things out there if I didn't welcome any messages. So please, 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 if you want to chat about it, if I can help, um, I'm more than happy to do that. So, and as always, if there's anything that you want me to talk about on this podcast, please let me know. 
I have already started to think about what we'll call season two and that's when we'll start to bring some guests on so we've already started to plan that which is very exciting but I definitely have lots more to say for the next few episodes so um yeah we'll still be still be there chatting about lots of different amazing things too thank you so much I hope you all have a wonderful day and I will see you next time for episode seven